Welcome to this Knowledge Natter by RCBS Knowledge. Here we have friendly and informal discussions with our Knowledge Award champions and those who are empowered by quality improvement in their work. Whether you're a veterinary surgeon, veterinary nurse, receptionist or member of management, quality improvement will and can positively impact your everyday life. Listen and be inspired. Hi everybody and welcome to this RCVS Knowledge Natter. My name is Lou Northway. I'm Quality Improvement Clinical Lead here at RCVS Knowledge and today I'm interviewing Dave Charles, formerly from Scarsdale Vets, which are part of IVC Evidencia, about his amazing Knowledge Award this year. Um, Dave audited um, a number of practices in the UK to collect baseline data on lambings and caesareans. Dave introduced training and how-to guides, used SMART goals and put several recommendations on the provision of analgesia, selection, um, selection of use of antibiotics and the use of adjunctive medications in place for the team to follow. The strong adoption of the recommendations across the practices resulted in a reduction in prophylactic antibiotic use with improved use of local anaesthetics and provision of analgesia. Hi Dave, welcome to this Knowledge Natter. Hi there. How are you today? Have you had a good day so far? Yeah, not, not too bad, thank you. Just uh, getting used to moving out of practice in, into my new role. So no, it's been, a, it's been a really good week. Good, I'm really pleased. So I thought we'd start then since some life changed for you recently. Um, I think everyone would love to know a little bit about you. So do you, could you tell me about your um, career journey so far? Yeah, so I I went to vet school actually after having had some time studying another degree. So I, I studied um, genetics at Birmingham Uni first for a couple of years and then I had a couple of years out um, working in British cocktail bars and things as well. So I came at it a bit older as a mature student um, and I always sort of say to people, if you can deal with angry drunk people on a Saturday night, you're probably quite good at client communication. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I tell our students quite a lot. Um, yeah, and then so I, I trained down at Bristol. Um, during my time at Bristol, I was quite heavily involved in AVS. Uh, so I was AVS president, of course, my fourth and final year, which I think for me gave me a really good understanding of the wider profession. You know, obviously there's a lot of involvement with BVA, RCBS, a lot of the other membership organisations. Um, That's actually where I first came across some of the stuff you do um, when I was on the Good Workplace Working Group and that sort of stuff as well. Um, and I did a lot of work then with VDS training and that. And then I moved to Norfolk to do farm and small animal work after graduating. And for me, I did mixed, but I always knew eventually I was probably going to end up doing farm work, but I really, really liked surgery. So I had this conundrum of, what's the best way of doing it? So I did small and farm mixed. And then COVID happened in shortly after I'd graduated as well, which was always fun. Um, and then I moved I moved up to Derbyshire in early 2020 and moved to Scarsdale, obviously, um, as a really big, broad, focused farm animal practice. So an awful lot of dairy, but also a lot of beef and I saw an appetite for growing the sheep side. So I ended up putting a pitch forward to revamp our sheep side of the business. So that included redoing the Flock Health Club. Um, and then I launched uh, Midlands Advanced Breeding Services in 2021 to offer laparoscopic AI um, and a lot of kind of bespoke advanced repro work. Um, 
and that's partly where the audits fan out of from really growing the sheep side at Scarsdale because I'd done before the Lanning and Caesar audit the year before I'd done just at Scarsdale a vasectomy clinical audit as well to look at the best antibiotic choices and and some of the things around infection control that then fed into some of the questions of the of the Caesar and Lamming audit. Um, I did my set every and sheep as well with Liverpool and yeah after after four years in practice this summer I've just moved to Nimble Veterinary Products as their first veterinary sciences manager in a role that for me ticks a lot of boxes because it combines technical and scientific advice and knowledge alongside business development and strategy which is something that I'd always been interested in you know back from even pre AVS, you know, probably from managing the bars and that, and I'd grown that and obviously set up the advanced breeding company. So, yeah, I've been here just over two months at the moment and so far going really well. Yeah, it sounds like you've had such a involved um, career so far. And I think it's fair to say that quality improvement and your natural drive to make things better has probably supported you in doing so. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. I, you know, obviously over the last couple of years, a lot of the quality improvement in sort of clinical audits and things have been very clinically focused but actually you know during AVS time in my year we did a lot to restructure it and actually make it work a lot better as an organisation for the membership um, you know and, and looking at some strategic partnerships and things as well which is obviously a bit different to the kind of QI that I I obviously won the RCS, RCVS knowledge award for but it's still a form of mm. you know quality improvement and in, in sort of progressing based on the evidence. And earlier on in your career when you were um, a part of the Association of Veterinary Students isn't it that's what AVS stands for yeah. um, you said that's when you first had your first sort of taste of QI so to speak formally what did that involve what were you looking at at that point? Yeah so actually a lot of the uh, QI that we did in my in my time with AVS it had two tens there was a, a non-clinical form of QI which was this big EMS experience project that I run so looking at student placements and improving the quality and the kind of minimum standards of them as well which a bit similar to what what we did with the, the sheep repro one ended up with a lot of best practice guidance and checklists and things that I produced and also I guess because it was students, we we also did quite a few sort of financial grants as well to release some of the cost benefits. But then also, you know, the, across AVS, there were chances to get involved in clinical audits across some of the final year projects and things as well. Um, so, yeah, really, really got involved across the board, really, which was really good. Yeah, and when we were talking before we um, started recording just now, we were, uh, we mentioned about the fact that professionals are probably undertaking QI already and not realising. So what advice would you have to people if they haven't really started a QI project yet? What would you what would you say to them? I think it's one of the things that was pointed out to me was there's a lot of resources out there already and sort of places that you can go. Um, I really wish that I'd known about some of the RCVS knowledge resources when I'd designed the, the audit because I probably could have saved a lot of time in designing it. So, you know, going out and learning from what other people have done to improve your own QI work, I think would be really good. Um, obviously, people who have gone through any of the CERT AVP modules, 
there's quite a bit on uh, clinical audit quality improvement in the A's for the Foundations of Advanced Veterinary Practice module that everybody has to do. Um, so I'd come across a bit of it that way. And I think also just reach out to people who you know have done QI work before. Um, obviously, now with the RCS Knowledge Awards and stuff, there's a very handy list of people who have done it well, you know, and I'm sure they'd all be happy to, to sort of offer advice and stuff. I know I definitely would. And I think it's really interesting because definitely within my the former company I used to work for they were all really impressed that it was a, a farm-based QI project and I think that's probably one of the things that I'm most proud of is I hope you know it's proved to a lot of people that QI and clinical audits and in practice research definitely are doable in farm even though you know the structure and the environment you're working in is very different to a small animal practice we still managed to to make it work actually quite easily and you know now that farm vets have a lot more technology at their hands um it's it's almost easier than ever to do and you know we we got a really good paper out of it as well which was another benefit that we could kind of share the qi learnings and the evidence beyond just the corporate that i was working for which is something that i'm quite passionate about that you know qi work and best practice should really be available for everybody um it shouldn't be kept behind any kind of particular organizations because actually you know it's for the ben benefit of the profession and for the animal welfare ultimately yeah no i absolutely agree and quality improvement is definitely something that needs to be shared broadly outcomes need to be surely shared and we should all be learning from them so you know i completely agree and your project was really comprehensive it's probably one of the biggest ones i've read yet actually <laughs> throughout all of the years that um we've been doing the awards now so i thought we could just go over some of the key areas in a bit of sort of what was your decision making how did you decide what bits you wanted to improve and look at and can you tell us a little bit about um what you found yeah so the the audit as i say really came off the back of a small audit I'd done it at my practice in in 2021. I'd done an audit of all the round vasectomies that we'd done because we we were just interested. You know, different, more senior clinicians had their own views of which antibiotic was best to use for vasectomy and the different techniques. And, and we thought, well, actually, let's let's audit this. Let's see if there is any difference. And if there is a difference, then we should definitely be using the one that the evidence points towards. Um, I think I was quite lucky, obviously, from doing my certificate. And at the time, we were the partner practice for Nottingham University as well. So it was very much a practice that had a culture of best practice. And, you know, we do journal clubs and that. But actually, I wouldn't say not having that would have been a barrier to doing the audit. It just probably helped a bit. And uh, but you know as, as we say there are so many good resources on the rcbs knowledge website that you know there's plenty out there if you go looking so i wanted to look at um sheep cesareans or um and then also lambings or assisted vaginal deliveries as well because I'd, i've been doing a lot of work around you know the most appropriate antibiotic selection obviously we had the european medicines agency reclassify them into um a b c and d not long before we did this audit and 
it was quite interesting that what a lot of people would reach for perhaps was a was a category C because you know historically we've always used pen strip you know as a first line and actually then it was classified as a category C and so I was sort of going well it would be good wouldn't it if somebody had some evidence as to if there's any clinical difference if we use the D to a straight penicillin or or an amoxicillin um, and then because I'd done mixed, I think I'd always used a lot of strillium. I was used to uh, surgical gloving for everything as well. And so I was quite interested to see what people were doing in farm and what the what the differences were. Um, and then also the, the point really around the anesthesia protocols was very much driven by learnings on the certificate and conversations with other practitioners not just in my practice, but across various groups, um, you know, and on sort of CPD courses as well. And if you ever look at the data sheet for the local anaesthetics that we have licensed for for cattle, because obviously none of them are really licensed for sheep, um, the dose pretty much says five mil um, at one site. And it doesn't really give any more information than that about toxic doses or anything. And there, there were a couple of studies that, if you calculated it, the toxic dose was much lower than you'd probably think for sheep. Yeah. And so it was interesting to look at what people were doing and to see how many people were using epidurals to reduce the amount of local regional anesthesia and things as well. So I was quite keen to incorporate that. Um, and then, yeah, it kind of grew into this kind of beast of an audit, really. Yeah, and absolute I, beast. <laughs> but but it's yeah. really brilliant. And I... Yeah, so I was always going to do it at my practice, and I I just reached out to one of our um, group group vet advisors who who's retired this year actually. But I sort of said to him, "Do you think we could run this across the group?" Because there were a couple of other studies, sort of from the twenty tens into sheep cesareans. There wasn't much in in into lambings, and they sort of run them over cases seen at a university hospital over six or seven years to get the numbers um and I sort of said to to David Stockton well if I can run this across the group I can get hundreds of cases in one year and we'll get really valuable information mm. and we can look at regional differences as well um luckily the the corporate said yes and yeah, so I, I wrote the audit as an online survey and then issued everyone a QR code to make it as easy as possible to fill it in, in the cars. Um, and we That's amazing. But again, so simple, isn't it? Like, yeah. it's just taking the time to think, oh, how can we get this data effectively from people rather than yeah, getting them to fill out physical bits of paper that they'd have to post or do things like that? Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And, and, and also, you know, it was one of those things that, I think the easier you make it for people to do, the more they're going to do it. Um, so, you know, in my practice, we set up like reminders on the on the day book as well. So, you know, we, we looked at one day and seven day post-op data. And so when you booked that you've done a lambing or cesarean, it automatically booked you a future visit to do a phone call on day one or day seven. Obviously, for, because it's cheap, for a lot of the guys, you're probably there within the next week anyway and you probably see it um but you know you've got that reminder that was auto generated as well and that's where you know i think like i said before qi almost will become more and more accessible as particularly in farm and therefore probably equine as well as we're 
we're using more tech because people can access their practice management system on the road and bill as they go. It's a lot easier to put that data in then and there while you're thinking about it. At that um, point just then about booking the post-op check like it being automated that idea I've just actually written down myself for um, something that I've been looking at recently so thank you very much <laughs> what a brilliant idea and yeah, then, you know, along the right. journey of the audit what was the feedback like from those that were submitting the data were they really interested as to like what the findings were as you were going along how did you find engagement was yeah so I think it was interesting because we'd never done anything like this at, at corporate level before and it was interesting that there were some practices that clearly would were probably doing a bit more of this in-house so for instance like like where I was working so we were quite used to it I think you know practices that maybe hadn't done so much before the appetite was there and it was really I made a big deal all the way through of telling people that it was going to be worthwhile and and you know that we were absolutely not going to sit on this data and never do anything with it so you know it was always designed that the findings were going to be turned into best practice guidance within the group it's taught on um you know the the grand academy i presented it at the one of the corporate conferences but i'd 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 got an agreement before i even started writing the questions that we would write a paper because you know as I say it was so important that it was accessible for, for everybody and actually uh, lots of people have, have reached out and said oh I read the paper and uh, you know I saw the findings and now we've changed what we've done for, mm -hmm. for lambing season 2023 and yeah the, the engagement the appetite was really interesting and yeah the guys in the group who knew what was going on that we got pretty good completions and actually we got some interesting feedback which I didn't think of because of geographically where we were in the Midlands, but some of the um, more northern practices and some of the practices in Northern Ireland sort of reached out and said, oh, we, yes, we were going to run it from the 1st of January for the early lammers to the end of April. And then some practices said, well, we do quite a lot in May. Things sort of kick off a bit later over here. Would you extend it? So we, we kept it open for a month longer than we were going to. Because, you know, and that, because you know the more data the better really yeah I think um, as, a, as a profession everybody wants you know to do things better don't they so it's just knowing how you can share what you're doing in an effective way which is why um, like you say running your own big audit schemes within your corporate groups sharing wider that, um, than that can work really really well and then like you've done you've published your work um, independently but there's so many brilliant case examples on the RCBS Knowledge website, which everyone should go and have a look at for inspiration because there is a project for everybody out there now. And your project actually is similar in some ways to a project that um, Vets Now did last year looking at canine dystopia. So they started with one area and then it went off on a spider web all in different directions and helped to improve the whole approach to looking after whelping bitches. So very similar, different species. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I, I think that's the thing with with all the repro stuff is, you know, not even just the you know the sort of the delivery stuff, but even when you were looking at synchronisation and that, that it's also interlinked. That you might start with one question, but actually, what people do for that part is influenced by you know what what they've done maybe two steps before. So it it was quite important to be a well-rounded thing. Yeah. Um, and going forward, Dave, what's what's next for you? What do you hope to 
do going forwards QI wise in your new role? I think um, you know actually within now within industry, there's probably a lot of QI going on that's not referred to as QI, um, and you know my, my role obviously being split kind of technical and, and commercial as as it were. There's some really good opportunities to work with a lot of the practices that we have good relationships for that we're giving CPD for that are using our products to undertake QI in terms of how people are using our products and that feedback will ultimately inform how we improve the products to improve the outcomes that we're using as well. Yeah so yeah that sounds um, like that's going to be a really good it's been opening another element to your, your new role which you can tailor in alongside. So Dave, yeah. I think we'll leave it there for tonight, but thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. Congratulations again on your amazingly huge project, which I think is going to positively impact the care that sheep have for many years to come. Um, and for those of you listening, I really hope you feel inspired too. Um, details of all our RCBS Knowledge Award winners are on the website and how to apply for the 2024 um, applications are open now also. But thanks so much, Dave, again for your time. Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed this recording. Please share it with your colleagues and friends. If you would like to find out more about quality improvement and access our free courses, examples and templates, please visit our quality improvement pages on our website at rcbsknowledge.org.